and welcome back to the mom pod i am so good at that you are so good i at get it. better at it every week sometimes you choke on ice anytime i tell someone else to do a slurp in a pour in a little pop in it's just never as good as when i do it it's only good when you do it that's just my Period. role on this podcast. That's your like main thing that you do, yeah, right? Is that's you it. do the opener. Yeah, I open up with some weird bodily function. Something. Slurp. <laughs> Something that you is. will be consuming. Um, yeah, so welcome back. We do have a guest today, but I we feel do. like we need to touch on what happened just a bit. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. It was I would our first say travel. Techni- yeah. So I would episode. say technical difficulties because it was, but it was also just a shit show. And there are sometimes when, like, you record an episode and it just doesn't hit. It doesn't hit. And that's okay. We've done and it before. we want it to only be good for you guys. Yeah. Well, so what had happened was yeah. we were out of town for Mackenzie's birthday. Correct. And, and all the boys were there. And we were like, we need to record an episode with all the boys. And we yeah. decided it, like, the day that we were heading out. Yeah. Because I wasn't even sure that I was going to go. Yeah. So we threw all the mics in a suitcase, have a laptop, mm-hmm. and we're like, let's do it. I forgot, I forgot one of the little, like, adapters. Uh, Yeah. So we were recording with four guys. Four guys. On three mics. Yes. That was already a problem. Plus me and Allie. Plus me and Alyssa were also talking. So. Then you had Allison and Mackenzie in the background, like, spitting out, like, random little facts that weren't hitting on the mic, but we were responding to. It was chaos. It didn't make sense. But you know what? Sometimes you have to learn lessons in life. Yeah. We will have the four boys on. It's a learning experience. Eventually. But we're not going to be there this time. No, and it needs to be in studio. Yeah. Because I've learned that, like, we don't have the most fancy podcast setup. Like, the mics are good, but, like, this is recorded on my Mac. Yeah. Everything's from Amazon. It's fine. (laughs) So we can't get all adventurous quite yet. Yeah. If it's out of studio. Well, I think we can... We just can't have that many people. And we need and to we think need about to... it for more than a day before recording. Yeah, we should probably figure it out a bit better. If you're listening to this, you already know our chaotic energy and that we just be doing shit. So and we appreciate you sticking with yeah, us. My we apologies. Love you, Anyways, so today in studio we have the lovely Trey Oliphant. Is it? How do you pronounce last <laughs> name? You said it right. Okay, cool. Right. I figured. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mackenzie's husband. Mackenzie's been on here fucking like three times, three or four times. Yeah. yeah. Regular at this. So it's she only is. fair that Trey gets his turn on. I think probably what sparked us asking Trey to be on the podcast was Mackenzie. Our last episode, correct, with Mackenzie, where we kind of started to talk about you towards the end of it and just like your mental health journey and like how you her and surrogacy journey, yeah. journey and how that works for her husband right because it takes a toll on him and, and that he's is experiencing a, it as well yeah it's a very common question that we've gotten right like we've done we've opened up Mackenzie's story to questions from people that listen before and a lot of people have asked like how does Trey feel about that like <laughs> what mm-hmm. is his mindset going through all this is this does this take a toll on him as much right. as it does Mackenzie so we are going to dive into some questions for you. How are you feeling about being on the mom pod? Man, I'm feeling good. I've been, like I was telling you guys, like I was telling you guys last weekend, I've been waiting, itching to kind of get asked to be on. So. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know either. Well, I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, McKinley, man, she gets to go on all the time. Like, what about me? Why does Mackenzie get to be on the podcast, <laughs> I but I never do? Well, Mackenzie, I'm excited, yeah. though. I'm excited, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad. I feel like it is fun for us, too, because the girls, were all really close. And because of that, we're close to the guys, too. But I don't think right. we ever really get to sit down and have conversations with you guys. I feel like we need to, like, sit each boy down and, like, pick their brain until we know them as well that's as we know the girls. That's actually a great idea. <laughs> we're going into that's the abyss if we go into mine. She- oh, <laughs> that's what the point of today is. We've yes, got an hour go. of your undivided <laughs> attention, and we're going to use it. 
So I feel like it would be helpful for people listening. A lot of people listening are local, so probably know who you are. But if not, um, want to start with a little bit of like background of yourself. Where'd you grow up? How would you describe? A little introduction. Yeah, yeah a little yeah. introduction of who you are. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, those that are listening probably do have a idea of yeah me. it could be good or bad depending on what tray <laughs> depending on what tray you really met and yeah. at what point in You're time like at what age met. i was <laughs> Trey and I were just talking about that like the shift in life that you do between right. like 20 to now like the first half of your 20s you live like three different lives especially if you become a parent 100%. in those early 20s we were just talking about that for so. sure 100 i mean i'm going on that if you look so like if you knew 17 year old trey you right. would think oh yeah that guy he played football he's kind of a fucking asshole mm. <laughs> you know just not not the not the guy you really want to meet oh <laughs> but, uh, but i mean that's that's the great thing about life though right you mm-hmm. get to you get to grow up you get to experience mm-hmm. different things in your life you get to kind of mature in that yep. sense right so if you look at the 17 year old to like the 21 year old trade just going on that same uh that same like you know what i mean yeah different <laughs> chapters of life exactly. yeah, yeah different chapters so of life so if you look at the 21 year old trade he was a lot more responsible still wilding out going to parties and shit or i guess not parties anymore at that point it's bars bars yeah, yeah. but still going to bars and partying Leveling and doing up. his thing with the guys uh but he's a lot nicer of a guy yeah right. so he's not as uh non-approachable he's gonna sit there and have a conversation with you still might be a little bit of a prick but mm-hmm. still a nicer and then you fast forward to me now 26 year old dad work for a bank yeah <laughs> for those that don't know I teddy do bear more- <laughs> yeah i mean for those that don't know i do yeah. mortgages for wells fargo so uh, it's just a big boy job right there. Hit up Trey if you guys need a mortgage. You heard <laughs> it here first. <laughs> yeah, so those that are looking to buy a crib, you know. <laughs> no, but um, it's, 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 it's great, though. I mean, when you get to grow up, mature, kind of figure out who you are as a actual person uh, instead of kind of who your friends want you to be right. or who, like, your spouse may want you to be. Once you kind of hit that mm. uh, maturity, you kind of figure out, okay, well, I don't want I don't want to be a prick. I don't want to be an asshole. I want to be yeah. approachable. I want to have meaningful conversations with people. I want people to yeah. actually like me, and I want yeah. to actually like the people that I'm around and kind of shit like that. So, and I, I feel like that, that goes for everybody. Just, like, growing up in general, you just, like, want to be nicer things around you in general you want nice people around you want to be a nice person you want just like goodness you I know think a lot of people would hope to not be the same person they were when they were 17 100 percent. and not everybody is like that right. but i feel like that's always been my main goal to like disassociate with teenage ally like the don't know her just get better as the yeah, years go on growing grow, that's yeah. always the goal yeah, i have like so. a thousand questions for adult trey but i do feel like <laughs> like because this is kind of a mental health oriented episode, I do kind of want to start with like childhood. How did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Siblings, that kind of thing. So, I mean, me personally, I grew up kind of in two areas. So, so I grew up in the IE, so San Bernardino, Highland, Redlands area, but I also lived up north. So my dad's side of the family is from the Bay Area. So Bailey City, uh, Frisco, Fairfield, places like that. So I've kind of lived in both areas. So you Uh, bounced back and forth. Exactly. So with my mom and dad being divorced, which most people yeah are divorced. yeah Yeah. how old were you when they got divorced? Uh, I was I was very little. So I was I was probably 
I can't say more than like five or six. So it's kind of the life you've always Yeah, had. you don't have exactly. too much remembrance Got of it. before. Exactly. It's like normal. Exactly. Yeah. My parents, for my relationship with them is always kind of like separate. Yeah. Until I get in trouble and they have to come together. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Then they're on the same side. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, so I kind of grew up back and forth, uh, except for when I was eight. I was, for about eight months, I lived strictly in the Bay Area. Okay. Didn't come back down here at all. And uh, that was kind of, that was kind of a turning point. That was kind of like a molding phase for me so uh when i moved up there i was kind of by myself a lot my dad he was a single dad he was younger yeah uh he was going out kind of going on dates i was kind of by myself did you have siblings up there i did not have siblings up so i have two siblings so i have a sister uh older sister two years older than me and then i have a younger brother who's about four years but they're not from your dad's side they uh they they do have the same okay okay i just decided i wanted to go live yeah like you were just decided to live okay okay you know those like you know those kind of cliches where the dad's like no i need to teach him how to be a man okay okay yeah it was kind of like that i did not learn (laughs) really much (laughs) but that's neither here nor the effort was there (laughs) the the intention was the intention was good (laughs) but uh yeah so i moved up there and that was kind of a turning point so i was hanging out with my granny a lot God rest her soul. She was an amazing lady. I love that lady. Uh, but she, me and her would be together all the time because my dad was either working, going out, doing doing his thing, being like a younger adult. Yeah. So in time, it got to be, okay, well, I don't really have anyone looking after me that much. So I can kind of do whatever I really want to do as mm. an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. So if, instead of doing homework every day, I'm going downstairs and I'm playing video games. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm watching TV. Right. Or I'm hiding things from my parent yeah. because yeah. he's he's got he's got typical eight year old shit. Like if you're if you're able to do it, you're gonna do it. Yeah. Exactly. Mind you, before that, before I had moved, I was a very good student, very good mm. kid, never lied. Much more mm-hmm. structured. Very much more structured. Yeah. So then when those eight months kinda lapsed and my mom told my dad, like, no, bring my son home. Right. Yeah. My mom was pretty much who are you? Picking up the pieces of yeah. picking up the pieces yeah. and like talking to me trying to put you back together how exactly. you were before you left yeah. exactly right. and mind you like i first played tackle football up there my first year was up there oh okay so i'm now in an area never played football before i'm in an area that i don't really know too well mm. and it's the hood so yeah i am coming in from a very structured household very mm. like kind of suburban neighborhood yeah like, right and now i'm smack dab right in the hood with all like the kids that are from the hood the adults that are from the hood and that were raised that way exactly i'm like a fish out of water yeah was that overwhelming it was it was extremely overwhelming at the time because i don't know how to interact i'm like Mm -hmm. talking to them kind of like i'm talking to you guys like hey guys yeah yeah it's like two different worlds yeah and then they're looking at me like the fuck yeah 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 so that was that was rough in itself and then you kind of go into what like the brain does like weird things but it goes into like survival mode right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so at that point your brain's tell or like my brain told me hey we need you to need shift to, you need to shift you need yeah. to survive you need to you need mold mold yourself to fit it mm-hmm. so in turn that creates the trade that you guys kind of are seeing today where hey he can mold his personality mm-hmm. mold his shape into whatever situation he really needs to be in because he just wants to fit in he which just wants to which have i his feel like Makes can sense. be a strength at times to be able to adapt depending on who you're with in like but a this, business act yeah for sure that would be right. great but this kind of leads into my next question almost perfectly is when you were going through these changes and these shifts how were emotions dealt with in your household? Were you how were you trained as a young man to think about 
your feelings and thoughts and being overwhelmed, was that ever a topic of conversation or were you kind of hung out to dry or how was that? Like when you're living with your dad, those eight months. I won't say that I was told not to have emotions. Okay. But me just internally, I've always just been one to bottle it up. Okay. So I don't really talk about emotions. Mm -hmm. I don't really tell people how I'm feeling, even to this day. And even back then, as an eight-year-old, I... I always had the conscience of, well, I don't want to bother my dad with this or I don't want to bother my granny with this. So I'll figure it out or I'll just eat it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, so if you fast forward, my granny died when I was about 13. Okay. Okay. So you guys already know how I feel. About yeah. Great yeah. lady. Yeah. She has my yeah. first tattoo on my wrist. Aww. Like it's my, that's my girl to yeah. the death yeah. of me. Hard, hard spot. Exactly. And so when she died, mm-hmm. I, we went to the, we went to the viewing first. Mm-hmm. I bawled my eyes out yeah. at the viewing. We go to the funeral not a single teardrop. Mm. I don't even think I said a whole word the whole day mm. of the actual funeral. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like in shell shock. Mm-hmm. But while my siblings, they were very emotional, like talking about it kind of. It was not the case for me. Mm-hmm. So it was to the point where my dad had to kind of pull me outside like, hey, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, why didn't you cry? Like, mm. people are worried about you. He noticed. Like, this, he isn't, no- this yeah, isn't normal. Him and my for, mom yeah. But me being me, I'm, no, I'm fine. Yeah. No, I just didn't have anything for you guys that day. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the answer was. Right. But yeah, I've never really been a big feelings person until as of late. With, yeah. Think, thankfully for Mackenzie. Yeah. Do you <laughs> think yeah. that that was a learned trait? Like something that you witnessed how maybe your parents or your siblings or someone in your life dealt with their feelings? Or is that just something that you think you kind of did as a survival tactic? Uh, I honestly don't know. Mm. Because me, like... My dad's kind of the similar, he's kind of similar, mm-hmm. but he's also not. <laughs> he'll, yeah. he'll tell you kind of exactly okay, yeah. what it is. But I, I, I want to say more it's just a, like a personality thing, mm-hmm. like, a, like a surviving mechanism, like yeah. coping mechanism. Like I don't want to, it's more of a, I don't want to bother people right. with it. Right, okay. Like this I'd is rather, how you get through it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Or on the flip side, I don't want to be looked at like I'm insane. Right. Mm-hmm. So something big for me is like I've always kind of been like I've always kind of felt like the odd one out or mm. like the lone wolf type. Mm. So when you feel that way, you are kind of desperate for friends, right? Yeah. You want people to accept you. You want people to like you. So you don't want to do anything that would scare them away. Exactly. Right. You don't want to do anything that's going to scare them away. You don't want to do anything that's going to make them look at you like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Yeah. Yeah. So you eat it. Or at least that's what I've done. Yeah. So you brought that into like teenage years. And then when do you think that kind of slowly like maybe shifted? Like when you were an adult or say, meeting yeah. Mackenzie or like just in. I want to say it didn't really shift until maybe a couple of years ago. So I'm, I mean, I'm 26 now. And I want to say maybe two years ago around the time when Kendall was. Ba- having a baby. Having born, a baby. Yeah. I decided like, no, like. Like, and McKinsey had been telling me for years, like, I, I don't know what you're feeling. I need you, I need you to communicate it to me. I need you to tell me what you need. Right. Because it's not, it's not any hidden fact. Yeah. Obviously, hearing me talk now, I have, like, some mental health right. yeah. things. Yeah. I, and I don't like calling them issues because they're not issues. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just things. Yeah. Just they're things. things. We all got them. We all got things. <laughs> yeah. We all got them. But, um, yeah, like, so, like, the last two years, it's really kind of transformed. I'm, like, a lot more open. Right. Try to be a lot more open. Hey, I'm feeling this today. Or if I'm not, like, wanting to get out of bed, I'm like, ah. Uh, and I think that comes to like when you become a parent, you try to unteach yourself a lot of things that you are now realizing like, okay, that's kind of toxic. So I'm going to unteach myself that for the aspect of my child. Yeah, absolutely. And did for you, sure. so now that you've 
I always say this too, going through my own mental health journey that once I was diagnosed and ha- and figured out like, oh shit, okay, I have these issues. Looking back, I was able to pinpoint like, okay, mm. I've been having these feelings, these issues for quite some time. And you looking back, had you always kind of struggled with mental health? Or is that something that really didn't happen up until recently? Or like now that hindsight's twenty twenty, are you like, oh shit, okay, that really makes sense. Now that I, like, kind of look back on everything, yeah, a lot of, like, past actions make a lot of sense. I've always kind of known something's been, like, a little off with me, Mm -hmm. but, um, I would, it's it's hard to say because in the last, like, maybe, like, year or two Mm. is when I've really, like, tackled it hard on, you know, like, I want to get help. I worked on it. I want to figure this stuff out, but, I mean, it's always been there, but I always chalk it up to, ah. I'm just a little hungover, or I'm right. just I'm just sad the weekend's over. Yeah, or, maybe I'm it's hungry. Easier to, yeah. like, oh, I'm hungry, yeah. or oh, I haven't drank a lot of water yeah. today. Like, kind of finding those excuses for right. yourself until you finally actually accept the fact, like, hey, I'm I'm a little depressed, or yeah. I have some anxiety, yeah. Yeah. or whatever the case. Like, may this is be. a little abnormal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's becoming coherent of that when you look back on it, you're like, oh, okay. Now that I'm coherent that this isn't okay, you look back on it, and you're like, okay, that's why A, B, C, D. Yeah, I think. Another question that I do have for you that I feel like is unique but isn't in young men growing up is your you playing sports. Do you feel like you being involved in sports from a young age or relationships you had with coaches or teammates or anything of that nature kind of hurt or help your journey? Uh, hmm. I want I want to say I want to say it helps. It definitely okay. helps because like for example, when you play football, mm-hmm. when you're on a team, it's it's almost like a brotherhood, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you get to high school, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of a lot of high school football players, when it's over after that, they struggle because yeah, that sense be, of community, the sense of community, and it Purpose. kind of becomes your identity. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So you look back at Trey from freshman year to senior year. I'm I'm a football player. Yeah. I'm known as the football player, right. and that's almost comfort guy. to be like, that's my place. That's, that's where my I, place. that's where I that's thrive. That's where I'm good at. It's yeah. what I know, right? And I know at the end of the day I can just walk into the football locker room and know that I'm going to see one teammate in there that I can have a conversation with so it definitely it helps it it helps a lot more than it hurts now I would say it hurts where you have like a toxic coach or like a toxic that's why I asked now for me I was lucky enough to where my high school football coach Brooke Great dude. Yeah. That's my guy. To the death of me, I always Did he marry you and Mackenzie? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he married me and Mackenzie. Uh, I'll always have love for him mm-hmm. to the day that I die. He kind of taught me how to grow up and give yeah. me some personal responsibility. So that's my little plug into you, Brooke. Hope you <laughs> <laughs> Follow him. But no, it, I think it definitely helps a lot more than it hurts. But at the same time, when it's over and you don't have anything going on after, that in itself is a is a way different struggle because yeah. now you've lost that sense of identity. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you kind of are, and that's kind of what happened to me also. Is yeah. What do I do after football? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to college. I'm not going to college for football. Like this football. is over, yeah. This is it. So that was something you knew, that you weren't going to do college or anything like that afterwards. I didn't know for sure until after, like until maybe springtime for uh high school okay like my senior year because no offers were rolling in anymore mm-hmm. so I was knew, that something you had planned for yeah okay so I intended so I knew if I was ever gonna go to college it was gonna have to be on a scholarship got it. I got didn't it. have great grades got it I couldn't pay for school right I, and like it was mainly like the grades aspect yeah right? yeah so didn't have great grades so I knew the only way I was going was getting a scholarship. Mm. right they stopped rolling in 
now you hit panic mode like okay what do i do now what the fuck am i gonna do yeah and so i chose to go work but even still even with working like you work like some meaning ass meaningless ass job yeah and then you're sitting at the job like fuck like you're watching like guys that you used to uh Mm. play football with getting scollies going to the league even and it's like fuck like i that could have been me had i not fucked off in math class for Mm -hmm. two hours every day or it just it goes you go down a rabbit hole really of fuck like i could have done this i could have done this i could have done this and that creates a whole whole other battle in itself on top of the battle that you're already dealing i feel like that's also why like not even just with young men but young women like in that shift of leaving high school and entering like oh shit all of a sudden i'm an adult that needs to make decisions about the next five years of my life, like that becomes a common spot in which people hit mental health struggles. Yeah. It's because the loss of identity, especially people that were like football players, cheerleaders that had a big sense mm-hmm. of purpose in high school. And then that goes away. High school literally ends and then that's it. Yeah. That's it. And, like, and everything then for some that people that's the beginning. doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And some people that's like, they're like, the finally I'm out of here. Right. right. Like some people like they thrive after leaving. Those that's literally. That yeah. We joke about that. Oh yeah. You peaked in high school. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I guess it dead ass. Yeah. For I'm real. not embarrassed to say like, yeah, I probably did peak in high school. But <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, seriously. I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out though. Don't worry. It just takes some people longer than others. I feel like that's reason a through z why i joined the military mm-hmm. after high school because it's like a set plan this is what i'm gonna do yeah and like i didn't have to think about it too much and it's like the thought of like getting out and floundering mm-hmm. i can't even imagine how like overwhelming that would be if what you planned didn't happen so yeah i just wanted to touch on sports yeah. because i feel like that's a big point of either it really helped you out or like your relationship with your toxic coach like really fucked you up right so. Or even like your parents. Or Some your parents, parents put a lot of pressure exactly. on that yeah. stuff, and then that makes. And it's not your dream. Yeah. Or it's not what you want to do. It's their dream, exactly. or and then you have the a bad thing. relationship with them. A and... lot and a lot of parents do that. They, yeah. And like, I coached. Uh, I coached high school football for like oh, one cute. season after, like maybe like two years after I graduated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You definitely see that. see that. Parents are living vicariously throughout their mm-hmm. kids. Like your kid, you might think you may want him to play quarterback. You may think he's a great quarterback, but he's also five ten. 180 pounds yeah go ahead and go play receiver bro <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it's not gonna be that it's not gonna happen for you but a yeah, lot yeah. of the a lot of parents put that enormous pressure on their kids and that's why you'll see those kids say oh yeah i hate football but you're good at it yeah but i hate it but yeah. i don't want to do it it was yeah. a forced exactly. thing it wasn't yeah. a want exactly um okay right. so shifting out of sports we did kind of Alyssa did kind of start to touch on how becoming a parent has changed your mental health journey do you think that was it getting pregnant was kendall being born was any of that what triggered you taking it more seriously or is it as of really recent that you started to take it seriously so that's a good question that is a good question question. (laughs) so i i mean i would say it happened as soon as we figured because it was it was all during covid right okay so me and mckenzie were on quarantine we're just sitting there and then she gets kind of sick and i'm like hmm that's a little weird but okay like maybe it's sick? maybe it's yeah. COVID maybe it's COVID okay. yeah so she started getting like vomiting sick like stomach aches oh, no. like stuff like that so I'm like that's weird so she goes to get a pregnancy test and then she doesn't tell me that she went to get the pregnancy test where are you guys at in your relationship at this point oh we're at that point we're engaged so okay yeah we're like we're living together yeah we've okay. been, we had been living together since I was like 21 okay so we've lived together for years okay uh how old were you when you guys got pregnant uh tw- I was 24 
four. Okay, so you've been living together three years. You're engaged. Yeah, you're, we were okay. planning you're the doing wedding. the thing. Yeah, you're we doing were ready. Okay, we, knew, cool. like, we knew our like we knew eventually we, we were, were gonna have yeah. kids. Right. We weren't planning to have kids until maybe like 28, like until yeah. like the age I am now. Yeah. But I mean that happens. Yeah. So uh, she takes pregnancy tests. She's in the restroom. I don't know anything about. It. I'm like just sitting on the couch watching TV, and like, I hear like some crumbling. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> a wrapper? She's eating a snack in yeah, there. Yeah, I'm like, are you eating the Snickers on the shit? Like, that's crazy. She's like, I'm taking a bath. Leave me alone. Like, I rock with it, but hey, like, do you, girl? Things, whatever. So I wouldn't do it, but you do your thing. <laughs> it's a little unsanitary, but what else? <laughs> but no, so yeah, she's doing. So she takes it. I hear it, and I'm like, knock on the door. Just, hey, what you doing in there? She's like, nothing. Well, did you buy a pregnancy test? What's it say? And then she finally, like, opened the door, showed me it was positive, and... What was your <laughs> oh reaction? God, so I'm scary. dying. So I don't know. Oh, the shit. Re- the reaction, she's, like, holding it up, and she's like, look. And I'm like, uh... And the first thing I said was, so what you want to do? <laughs> right, before I get excited, before I get sad, right. before anything, like, what are I'm we like, doing? Let me, let, me, let me see what the vibe is here yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. And that's smart yeah, yeah that's smart exactly tread waters lately yeah, yeah. just give a neutral reaction yeah <laughs> and then so she was like we're gonna have a baby i'm like fuck yeah we're gonna have a baby yeah. yeah and so we hugged we kissed and we were like holy fuck we're gonna have a baby oh yeah <laughs> then it sets in yeah so then it's, it set in we like hung out that night and then the following day we were like fuck like how are we gonna tell our parents uh, like, what yeah. are we gonna do like it's during covid like yeah. whole this scary is, well, yeah scared because yeah you change I, your whole path yeah because at the time like i was working at a restaurant and then they had shut down for COVID, so I was just collecting unemployment like everyone yeah. else was. Yeah. And then we get hit with that. I'm like, okay, well, fuck, I need to get, like, a big boy job. Like, yeah. I can't just keep serving tables and shit. So I guess I, I guess I, you would say I took it seriously from the jump, yeah. actually, because... Your brain shifts. Yeah. yeah it I shifts feel like as a man or as a partner of the other person like... that's pregnant, it makes your brain, like, <gasps> like yeah. what now? I feel yeah. like especially as, like, a man. Yeah. Like, you're like, back is to the wall. I, Seth always says, when your back is to the wall, that's when you thrive. Yeah. That's mm. when you do the best. Because you have no choice but to get that big boy job, uh-huh. figure shit out. Like, we're doing this. There's another person who needs me. Right. Mm-hmm. You and can't that, just so, crumble under the yeah, pressure in that moment. Yeah. And that's the exact thing that it is. Because, I mean, as a man, like, we feel that sense of pride. Like, I need to take care of my mm. women. I need to take care mm-hmm. of my family. Right. 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 So new baby on the way okay yeah you were making ends meet and you were partying before you were having a great time yeah you were comfy it's just the two of you fuck yeah, it whatever yeah you. exactly fuck you it. only get to do it once exactly yeah it's a whole different ballgame once the third one's in the yeah. mix so that's exactly what i said i'm like hey back against the wall like i yeah. need to provide for my future wife and my daughter or at the time i didn't know it was a good daughter but my child my kid yeah. like i'm not gonna i don't want her to grow up or at the time i didn't know yeah. I'm just gonna say her because yeah, I know yeah. I know it's what we she know is it's now. a girl. <laughs> but at the time, yeah, I didn't know what I was gonna do in life. I was still kind of in that in between phase, just kind of hanging out. And she changes all that. It's yeah, like, mm-hmm. hey, like I want to provide for you. I want to give you a way better life that I could have that I had. Not to say that I had a horrible life, but yeah. I want her life to be. I said this to Mackenzie the other day. I was like, I want her to have the easiest life she possibly that's can. what every parent hopes yeah. for i do not care if anyone ever says oh well, mommy and daddy She's got spoiled, you that yeah. shit i'm like fuck yeah mommy and daddy got you that shit <laughs> because mommy and daddy bust their ass and grind so yeah. yeah you got an easy life kid silver spoon go ahead go crazy <laughs> that's my <laughs> motto so hard like 
we get comments like that all the time, like, oh, she's spoiled, or like, oh, you're giving her the entire world. Like, how she, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, she deserves I am. it. She, yeah. As long as she doesn't turn out like a piece of shit little brat. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's then a that's line. Fine. There sure, is a but line, yeah. but like, that's every parent dreams of their kids. Being able to give them what they want. everything. Exactly. Yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, yeah. for and sure. Again, and for if you're sure. a hater and you think it's something wrong with it, well, I'm sorry. Yep. Sorry. Sounds like you're <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so. Shifting a little bit further after, maybe after Kendall's born or whatever, when did you, was there a moment like that you can remember? And if the answer is no, that's totally fine. Where you sat down and you were like, I need help. Or like, this is not normal or not okay. Mackenzie did talk about her moment this last episode or when she kind of felt like Like it a hit realization. For her. What was like, when were was you the like, realization this is, of, I need you, This help. is not okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I want to say when, I want to say Kendall was maybe around like four or five months okay uh but she like what she like would have been spitting up a lot lately okay and we were at her mom's house uh we were at mckenzie's mom's house and she like started choking on like the spit up yeah Yeah, so that was really scary and like me sitting there initially i'm like oh she's fine like she spits up all the time and then like she kind of stopped breathing a little bit and then like she kind of was like And then so at that point, her mom was like, call, like, we need to call the ambulance. We need to call the ambulance, stuff like that. And like, I'm still sitting there like. In shock. Yeah. Not in shock, but I'm but like. Just not this thinking is, it's a serious Yeah, I'm like, this isn't that, this isn't yeah, that like, deep. Like, you guys are yeah. dramatic. Like, yeah. she's okay. And then like, I was like, I kind of sat with that. And like, I kind of felt a little bad because everyone could tell I was kind of irritated that we even called ambulance and stuff like that. But I got home later on that night and I couldn't stop thinking about it because we put her down to sleep. And so I only thing I could think of that whole night was, fuck, like, what if she spits up again and she, like, starts choking right. me again? Like, right. fuck, like, the ambulance isn't here this time. Like, and then I was like, okay, no, that was a, a lot more serious than it really, than I per, kind of you portrayed it You had dissociated in that moment. And I kind of just ate that. And I was like, okay, well, you need to watch, you need to watch her on the camera all night. So I sat up and I watched her for a, a good amount of time that night. And then I also was just sitting up on Google the whole time just... Yeah. okay how can i how can i fix this how can i do this okay i need to write this note down for the doctor mm-hmm. so i guess you could say like that was my hey like i need help i can't just figure it out on my own like your first sign of anxiety probably yeah, yeah. exactly so anxiety I say as a parent that. is even worse than anxiety as like a single person anxiety as a parent is like 10 times because it's so out of your control so like there's no way you you could have convinced your brain that you would have known when she was gonna spit up next right Right. and even that thought in itself spirals because what if i close my eyes for five minutes she's laying on her back and she spits up right these are the things that you like or what's the next thing that she could do that could possibly harm her and the next thing and then okay now she's older so she won't do that but she could get into this and it just keeps coming it's interesting for me to hear you talk about it because i always feel like dads don't think like that do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I, I always feel like it's the thing that moms lay awake at night and think yeah. about, and the like dads we have are, to like, snoring. Yeah. And they're like, hey, this is serious. Hey, I'm leaving. Remember, she can get hit by a car. <laughs> right. Remember so that. So that is probably, probably was a big awakening for you yeah. that you were feeling like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, and even, like, ever since then, I mean, I sleep at night. Yes. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just, like, up, like, but I'll, I'll worry about her throughout the night. So, like, I'll be sitting up playing Xbox or whatever. And I'll just, like, chuck the camera on mm-hmm. just to look at her. And, like, if I don't feel like she's, like, breathing at it's a, a normal pace, yeah. I'll zoom in super tight on yes. the camera. Do this and I'm too. like, let me see. Is your back going up and down? I do that, oh too. Oh, my God. Yes. And then if it is, I'm like, okay, cool. If I still don't, like, have oh, a it hasn't moved. Feeling, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going in there. Yeah. And I'll go in, pull the blanket off her a little bit, touch her back. 
and I'm like, okay, you're good, and then just tiptoe out, yeah. but I'll still keep the camera on the whole time. Yeah. So it could be up until like two, three, whatever it is, but I, I pretty much sit and watch. That her is me to a T. I fall asleep yeah. with it on a little stand yeah. at night and open my eyes like every, I feel like every hour. It's yeah. like you sleep, quote unquote, but it's like, <laughs> it's like eyes wide open, like right. one eye open at a time right. kind of sleep. Like, and I'm like, when does this go away? She's right. going to be five years old. And I'm going to be like, Actually, are you good? Never. Like, right. My mom used to come and flick our lips when we were like 15, just to make sure we're still alive. She would <laughs> just flick our lips and then you kind of move. And they're like, okay, go. Yeah. She's like, okay, she, she, she's good. She's, she's good. good. And I was like 15. I wake up sometimes. So going back to that though, did you talk to Mackenzie about that? Mm-hmm. Or did you eat that? Or no, did... so I ate that. Oh, you so, ate that. Okay, yeah. so we haven't talked to anybody about it, but that was your first moment yeah, of feeling. Yeah, that was like the first like real moment. Okay. And I ate that and I was just, because at the time, like I, I really downplayed it. I was like, this is not that big of a deal. This isn't, right. and like, it, Mackenzie's going to be listening to this. She's going to be like, I did not know that. Mm. Yeah. So, shout out to you, Mackenzie. <laughs> <laughs> I take Love you, baby. <laughs> I feel like that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but also is a way to keep her calm exactly. like there are times and that's I what was i was gonna say, gonna say as next. a dad with anxiety because i was thinking you're like oh we feel like the dads don't feel like that and i'm like yeah we feel like that but maybe they just don't tell us right when they're feeling like that because they're like i don't want them to have more anxiety because yeah. i would i honestly don't think so if seth had anxiety about something with that had to do with rainy i don't think he'd tell me because if he of told the you, amount of anxiety you I fucking have. spiral because i'm like oh you're stressing about that then I need okay to be then i need to be stressing about it double and that's exactly how so that's exactly how i saw it that's how I see a lot of things. So, like, with me and Mackenzie, the dynamic I've kind of, in my head, this is what it is. You, you asked her, <laughs> <in my head. laughs> But in my head, the dynamic was, okay, I'm, like, the more it's okay, like, she's fine, like, mm-hmm. see about it. And the other, and she's the other side, like, no, like, we need to call the doctor. We need to do this. We need to do yeah. this. And I like it that way yeah. because then it allows me to talk her down and mm-hmm. it allows her to kind of give me, hey, no, this is a, a serious check. situation. Yeah. We need to do this. So it's a nice little check and balance. But the calm in the storm. You guys got to keep each other level-headed. Exactly. And, right. I, and I want to say me and her have talked about that before because it used to be a running thing. So if Kendall was starting to get sick, I'd always say, she's fine. Like, it's probably just allergies. Like, she's not sick. Every time, she would be getting sick. Yeah. So now, if Mackenzie says, hey, I think she's getting a cold. Fuck. Is she really getting a cold? Damn. Yeah. Okay. Let's, <laughs> yeah. I'd yeah. take it seriously. Even if she doesn't end up having a cold, I'm like, nope. I'm not going to continue to... Make you feel like she, like you're crazy right. that she has that, one or anything right. like that. That helps a I'm, lot. I'm gonna change that so that way you feel like you have the support. You validate what she's thinking. Exactly. That's something Chance and I talk about all the time because I am very much that way. Like everything is something I'm gonna freak out about from the jump. And because I'm aware of that, I do try to like. Tread lightly a little bit. Tread lightly, not freak out too much. But 90% of the time, mama's right. Like I knew Period. what I was talking about. Period. It is what it is. Chance, we all know Chance, is just the chillest, most like level-headed, calm human being. But a lot of the times, it makes me feel crazy. Because I'm like, this is serious. This is happening. And he's like, it's fine, it's fine. I'm like, before saying it's fine, can we... Okay, I get why you feel that way. Okay, so if you think it's fine and I think it's crazy, let me tell you why I think it's crazy and you tell me why you think it's fine and we can meet a middle ground. Or even just ask me, like, okay, but like, why why are you feeling this strongly about it? Or let's talk about that. Even if you do think it's fine, like, and we've had that conversation many times. So I feel like, well, it is good to be the calm in the storm. That is an incredibly good tactic on your part to kind of rise to the level a little bit. That way she knows you're taking it seriously and then you can bring it down. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And then, I feel like and that's if, much more effective. Exactly. And then if it is something serious, then you're okay, already cool. there. I'm here with you. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You're already there. Exactly. I love that. Um, yeah. So what do you think 
has helped you through this process of discovering that you might have a little bit of anxiety surrounding Kendall or just in life in general? Were there any tools before you went out and sought legitimate help that you used to cope with this? I mean, honestly, just reading. Like, really? Just hmm. I Google everything. Research. So, I yeah. mean, if you guys know me, which you guys, you guys know me pretty well. Pretty well. Now. And anyone that else that knows me knows yeah. I do my research on stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of, it's a running notion that I'm not the most intelligent person oh, in the stop. world. Oh, Oh my God, yes. <laughs> not to you guys, to other people okay. in the world. But I research everything. If I don't know the answer to a question, one, I'm always going to tell you, shit, I don't know. Okay, period. But two, I'm always going to go and look it up later on. Yeah. So that was my that was my tactic with Kindle. So yep. if anything didn't make sense to me or if the doctor said something that didn't make sense to me or if I'm like noticing something, I'm hitting on my phone every 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 chance I can just hey, like what's this mean x y and z blah blah blah. I wouldn't really ask like my parents or like anyone like that because I mean I feel like I would only have gotten one of two answers. Oh, call the doctor. Or, no, nah, you're fine. You had that. I did this, and yeah. you're fine. You turned yeah. out okay. Yeah. yeah. And for Classic. me, someone it's, with anxiety, that's not a no, great, that's not right. not a great yeah. response. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm like, okay, fuck what you're talking about. I'm going to just look this shit up myself. Exactly. I feel like that's very 21st century of us. 100%. I get we all so many arguments with my mom about it, too. I'm like, well, what about this? I researched this. You don't got to research that shit. Just do this. But I'm I like, did this with you. You okay, turned out fine. Listen, right. if I have the tool available to research and figure some shit out, I'm going to do 100%. it. That's our power as parents in Absolutely. this in this day and age that yeah. we have that access at our fingertips. So, And I feel like as people with anxiety, that's something, 100% a coping mechanism in realizing that like, I don't have to sit with this thought when I can have an answer right, right. now. Comforting exactly. to be able yeah. to know. Exactly. And I think older people don't, just don't get that. It's no. just like not... They didn't have it. Yeah. They didn't yeah. have it, you know? Yeah. And, it, and, and like, if you tell an older person really anything, mm-hmm. you're going to be wrong because you're like the younger person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, I raised three kids. Yeah, I raised three kids. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You all turned out fine. Yeah. Exactly. You guys are all alive, right? I'm alive, but I I'm hate that up. answer. Like, I'm I'm like, yeah, up. but I got anxiety. I got this. I got so like, just we're here. Alive. Just we're here is doesn't mean that's good enough. I'm here, but I don't know about thriving. I want to be thriving. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So okay. So research then. Okay. Yeah. Just nice. like googling research and then just like kind of talking to Mackenzie. Like, mm. hey, like, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? Or like, hey, I was reading this article the other night. What do you think about this? And yeah. Like, I would catch myself just randomly like on my phone, like just reading things because you know like, you guys know how social media like kind of mm. cultivates your for you page yeah. for oh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I shows just, you what you want to see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd like just be finding myself watching like TikToks about like mm. parenting, mm. like reading articles about parenting and like seeing like Twitter feeds about like parenting and stuff like that. So that, that really would put my mind at ease. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's something good. that that's, I've, I feel like both of us no, do that yeah. too. Oh, I for sure do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. All the time. And then just talking to the doctor. Cause I would take him to a lot of her checkups. Pretty much most of them. That's what Mackenzie was saying, that you're like the one that takes yeah. her to her appointments, which yeah. is so special. <laughs> That's so fun. So special. Yeah, me, so yeah me and her just, yeah, me and her are mobbed to the, we listen to a little bit of music. She'd be pissed as soon as we get out the car. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's but, funny getting yeah. to the age where the kids know the doctor's office. Oh, like yeah. you get, you walk in the office and they're like, oh, fuck this. Like really? they know. Oh, Rainy doesn't do that? Rainy literally sees the doctor's office and she's like, sucker, sucker. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> they give her a sucker or a toy every time. She thrives off of going. I'm like, we're going to the doctor. She's like, okay, let's Reagan go. Reagan walks in and sees that little paper on the little bed, and she's like, give me the fuck out of here. She's yeah. like, they're gonna stab me with something. Well, she's only ever had shots. Has she ever gone without getting shots? No. Okay, well that's probably she gets why. a shot every time. I was gonna say that's the she's, same too. She's Kindle. probably almost done. They're probably almost both done. She wasn't supposed to get shots this time, but she got the flu shot. Mm. So there's always gonna be something. No, that's yeah. the same thing with Kendall. Every time she goes to the doctor, 
jab, jab, jab. Yes. That's how it is in the so beginning. They're like, why the fuck would I be excited about this? Right. Yeah. They're going like, to open my diaper. They're going to push on my stomach. They're going to put cold <laughs> stuff on my chest. Like, this sucks. Rainy plays with the stuff. She takes the stuff off the Rainy doctors is... and starts playing with it. Rainy's she just adapts. Place. She's like, come yeah. here. Let me listen to your, let me listen to your belly. <laughs> to the okay, doctor. so now you're a doctor. <laughs> Kindle gets in and she's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, yes, you got it, you got it. Yeah, it's part it's of the deal. Sit your ass down. We're getting a shot today. It'll get better. Once they don't get shots, it gets better. Since we're on the medical topic and kind of Kendall being older, well, actually, okay. not even really Kendall being older because at the time that you guys decided on surrogacy, Kendall was pretty young. Oh, yeah. So yeah. talk us through, because we've had a conversation with Mackenzie about how that journey started, but how is it? For you, was it something that you guys came up with together that Mackenzie brought to you? How was that starting the topic of maybe we should go through a surrogacy journey? So Mackenzie brought it to me. Yeah. So a uh, little backstory. I'm sure you guys know about this already from Mackenzie being on. Yeah. So Mackenzie really wanted to uh, explore surrogacy because uh, she wanted to potentially do it for any other family members that may not be able to have children in the future or like friends or anything like that. So she really dove into it, like did her research on it, and then she just brought it to me one day. And anything that, and I said this on the last one, but it got disconnected. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I mean, anything that, any idea that Mackenzie typically brings me, any want she wants to do, I always know that it's a want or an idea that has pure intentions, that mm-hmm. has kind intentions, that has just that generosity behind it because that's the type of person that she is. So it doesn't really matter whatever. It could be whatever. She could say, hey, Trey, let's go rob a bank because I know she's going to say, let's rob a bank and give the money to like these poor people or or some shit like (laughs) that, right? So when she came to me with the surrogacy idea, it it wasn't even a second thought for me. I'm like, hey, like, yeah, that makes sense that you would want to do something like that. You've mentioned it before. Fuck yeah, if you want to do that, I'm all about it. Like, I support you because... For me, like, I, I want to support anything that she wants to do. Yeah. Mainly because, and this is what I didn't tell you guys, but I want to support anything she does, no matter how crazy it is, no matter how big it is, small it is, whatever it is. Because, like I said, the intentions are going to be pure. And also, I just believe in her. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's one thing about, one that's thing about Mackenzie is that bitch executes. Right. She and has the, the idea, thing, and, and that's it the happens. reason why. Like, mm-hmm. I believe in her so much because all she does She's is. She's got a good execute. track record. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she got a good track record. Like, what she touched, like, whatever that girl touches is going to turn to gold. Yellow, yeah. perhaps. Yellow. Oh. Gold. Hey. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, like, I don't really have any sort of qualms when it comes to it because, like I said, she executes. Mm-hmm. I believe in her, and I know that it's going to be a good idea. Mm. And I just, and I trust her. That's beautiful. And when I was down bad, mm. bro, just, I thought I was going to be a fucking rapper. I thought I was going to do all this extra shit I that I didn't end up doing. She believed in me. She was like, yeah, do that yeah. shit. Go for it. Yeah. I want you to do it. Yeah. You have a, you want to go shoot photo. You want to go show, shoot photos for your buddy's like music video. Yeah. Do that shit. So I'll never tell her no. I'll never tell her. Yeah. That's a bad idea. If it is a bad idea, I'm going to tell her. Hey, this Let's is what think I about think. it a little bit, yeah. yeah. But I'm still rocking with you. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was easy for me to say, yeah, let's let's go through the journey. The support is there the for both of you journey. guys. Exactly. The did you have fears, reservations, or did the, you not really know much about it and had to do your research, like you've been saying? And that's the thing. I didn't really know much about surrogacy, so okay. exactly right. I did my research. I looked up a bunch of thing, like, things. I looked up like what could happen to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked up how much she could get paid. Period. Yeah, yeah period. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> but I looked up a bunch of things, looked up what like qualifications they're looking yeah. for in me. And then mm-hmm. uh, they kind of gave me what I would need to do. 
And it, I mean, it was easy. I just had to. So what was the screening process for you like? Because I know they went through like you guys as a unit. Yeah. So they do a psych. So they did a psych check on Mackenzie. They also do one on me. Okay. So I had to talk with like a licensed uh, psychiatrist mm. about like feelings to yeah. make sure like I'm to not. To make sure like what? Level headed person. Like, yeah. To, to make be sure okay. I'm level headed. Make sure I'm You're not, not going like, to kidnap this baby. I'm not going to kidnap the baby. I'm not going to hurt Mackenzie while the baby's here. Oh, or that here, makes sense pregnant too. With her. Pretty much making sure that the baby would live in a like hospitable environment. Yeah. Uh, in a sense. Got okay. it. That and makes sense. Also drug test. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to make sure obviously you're not shooting up dope. Yeah. Uh, Fair. Uh, Fair. And then, yeah, but that's pretty much it. Just the psychology test and then drug test and then yeah did your anxiety no go for it go for it (laughs) did your anxiety ever like spiral out about like at the end like when she was going through like hard things with the pregnancy were you ever like i don't want this to take my wife is that a possibility did you look up stuff because that's where if i was a man Mm -hmm. at least just how i am i'd be freaking out about well yeah and that's something that i kind of let them know from the jump like hey if it comes down to the baby or mackenzie it's not a question it's not a question i'm gonna tell them to save mackenzie yeah i'm i'm sorry because it yeah. sounds shitty, but you can make another baby. Like, right. Mackenzie's it. Yeah. Exactly. She's, yeah. Yeah. So, like, at the end, like, her, like, she started getting, like, swelling in her ankles. Yeah, so preclamps, she, yeah. 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 She started getting a lot of that stuff. So, that was, that made me pretty anxious. And then, yeah. at, obviously, after she had the baby, we were in the yeah. hospital for, like, a whole week. Yeah. So, that was very, very scary. Especially sure. uh, because of the doctors, we didn't, we weren't really getting much info from the doctor. So, that, in turn, was... Then you have the anxiety, and then now you have rage mixed together. Yeah. So it's like, hey, where the fuck is my doctor? Yeah. X, Y, and Z. Sorry to be so yeah. aggressive. No, that's it's explicit. But, it's that's explicit. Right. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> but so that so that aspect was very much uh, anxiety filled. Just hey, uh, what's happening here? Like we can never do this again. Like why did we do it? Like kind of oh, like questioning yeah. like why did right. we do this? And then like everything gets better. You get the answers that you're looking for. You find out the research that more you comfort wanted. comes you get the comfort yeah. okay you recognize okay yeah this is still a very awesome thing that we did yeah. for this family mm-hmm. where we blessed them and i don't know how many other ways right and it took care of us too because it gave us the opportunity to go through this experience this journey yeah. because while it's not something that i would probably do again mm-hmm. or i'd want for mckenzie to do again if she did come to me and say hey i want to do this again obviously i'm going to be like yeah right. let's rock with right it. but uh it's just, it is scary though, because then you have the preeclampsia after. So yeah. you decide mm-hmm. to have more kids. That's something uh, you have to deal That's with something now. we have to deal with again. So right. that's just, that's, that's the thing about it. That is a little, that makes it uneasy because when it comes down to like the health unknown. situations like that, it's the unknown. Yeah. The unknown. How did your friends and family or like people that you were close with react when you told them you guys were going to go through a surrogacy journey i will tell you everyone thought it was crazy really <laughs> yeah okay so like my my dad's side he I, when we told him they were like so you're just gonna let her have another dude's baby huh and i'm like let her is exactly what i said i'm like <laughs> first of all my boy i don't let her do anything yeah. Period. She's a grown Period. Ass woman, yeah. like yeah. if she wants to do this she's gonna do it and i'm gonna and I have no say about it. All I can yeah. offer is support. Yeah. So people thought it was weird. People thought like, oh, like you guys won't get attached to the baby. I'm like, no, we're not going to get attached to the baby. Like we know what we're doing yeah. this for. Yeah. We have like 
the right intentions for doing it. If anything, you guys were pumped the entire time about the baby being gone. Right. <laughs> yeah. You were like, I can't wait for the day that right. I give birth. So I don't have to be, be associated with the baby. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Getting attached is not yeah. a worry whatsoever. Yeah. Like, don't worry about I, that. I got my one here. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. And that probably helps. Yeah. Yeah. That probably yeah. helps. So it, yeah, it would offer a huge relief too. Cause then like we, we were knowing like, okay, we're leaving the hospital and we don't have another one. We only got to go home to the one. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's nice. But yeah, I mean, friends and family, they, they kind of thought it was weird. Did they, they ever get on board or was it kind of that energy the whole time? Well, they, I mean, they didn't really have a chance but to get on board. Right. Right. I'm so like... if like, if you guys are in it, if you're going to be weird about it, if you're going to make sly comments or whatever that the case may be just recognize you're not going to be seeing us a lot yeah icky yeah you're not going to see kindle a lot so either hop on the train right be supportive or shut the fuck up love that right i love that mentality in the grand scheme of things the nine months or the eight months that she was pregnant that's not a lot of time so if you're gonna be an asshole and make comments about a very short period of time then like you're making your bed you can lay in it exactly and if you're that shitty of a person to where you can't see like the the, the nice beauty. the beauty yeah. that she's doing right. how she's blessing this family right. maybe we shouldn't be conversing right. at that yeah point. like this because isn't a this weird is a thing beautiful this thing is she's a yeah doing. and if you can't support that and be happy for her that she has the wherewithal and has mm. like the strength and has like the big heart to do it then all right get the fuck on then yeah yeah so bottom line everyone hopped on board eventually exactly they had to, <laughs> uh, they had if, to. either they did or they're not around anymore yeah period <laughs> So kind of what woke up Mackenzie's mental health journey was postpartum for her. Um, it, it was interesting. We talked about it towards the end of the episode to see kind of how your journey is overlapped. Yeah. Like you started to become serious about your journey and went to go see people around the same time that Mackenzie did. Yeah. So was there a moment like in Mackenzie's journey that woke up that for you or were you prior to Mackenzie discovering yeah, who was first like <laughs> announcing wise so I I was first okay uh, that me and Mackenzie have always kind of uh, for the last uh, for the better part of like the last year we've kind of talked about like my mental health mm-hmm. struggles kind of like what I go through uh, and so finally in the, like the last few months I went to the doctor the actual doctor not just to see a, a therapist I actually went to the doctor like your primary care my doctor, primary doctor, caregiver yeah. And I decided, like, hey, like, I don't want to keep feeling like this. I don't want to keep feeling down and out. I don't want to keep feeling helpless. I don't want to keep feeling, like, dark. X, Y, and Z the whole night. Right. Uh, so I decided first that I'm going to go to the doctor, do the evaluation. Once I did the evaluation, it confirmed what I pretty much knew already, which was I have depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so from there, they prescribed me some antidepressants, uh, took them for five six weeks okay so took those for six weeks met with a a licensed uh, psychiatrist Mm -hmm. Uh, she kind of then confirmed everything that the primary caregiver confirmed which I figured what would happen so kept me on the antidepressants Uh, it's been I actually had to I didn't have to but I actually went sober uh, for about eight weeks mm-hmm. uh, and if anyone does know me they know I like my substances <laughs> <laughs> I like to have a good time yeah. but cut out drinking cut out smoking cut out pretty much everything for a cool eight weeks and I, I'll say that I'll say this it was probably the most healthy mm-hmm. that I have felt in a long mm-hmm. time because mm-hmm. I allowed the process to actually work and I mean I'm still on the antidepressants I'm still not a 
drinker like that or smoke i mean i smoke but (laughs) but still like not associating really with the drinking as much as i used to and it's kind of crazy once you do that and you start getting the help that you need you kind of figure out oh shit maybe i was relying this way yeah Yeah, maybe i was relying on this drink or maybe i have these issues because i was drinking as much as Mm -hmm. i was like because you know they say alcohol is a downer and it could have been like uh like just a bad coping mechanism that you were using to like suppress whatever you were thinking exactly right so it so i mean I know I rambled there for a second, but no, you're good. Uh, to get back to the topic, uh, it was me first that did decide that they wanted to get the help. And then in, shortly after, that's when Mackenzie started kind of going through with her postpartum. Uh, but yeah. Has this journey made you kind of think about like how you'd handle these situations if Kendall ever had it or like a oh, future yeah. child would ever yeah. go through these issues or like have you compared to what maybe like, oh, your parents would have done or how you've seen people react yeah to it i absolutely like it's it's opened my eyes because i i've talked i've spoken with my family and i've Mm. gotten very different reactions Uh, yeah i was gonna say how are their reactions because Mackenzie was talking about how it was like even though she thought she was going to be met with you know welcome arms it was hard for her to say like i'm on antidepressants like to get that that sentence Mm -hmm. out is hard for people so i can only imagine as a man that that stigma that's surrounding right. that could be even more tough for you. Yeah, it was it was really hard for me. I mean, shit, it took me a while to even tell you guys I that know. I was taking antidepressants. I just told you guys one night at dinner. Yeah. But it's it's very hard, especially for me, because everyone knows me as a tough yeah. guy, rah, rah, like cocky, right. all this sh- all Like the persona that I kind of made for myself, that way people would one like me and two, leave me the fuck alone. Mm. Yeah. So it's hard. It's kind of hard to tell people hey, yeah, I'm actually depressed. I actually take Lexapro every Mm day uh, at the Mm -hmm. same time every day, Mm -hmm. like whatever. Like you go down the whole list, but it's it's very difficult because... uh, You don't want people to look at you different. Yeah, you don't want people to look at you different. You don't want to be looked at as weak. Do you Uh, think your family has noticed a difference in you now taking that? Like your immediate family with like Mackenzie and then you're also like your parents yeah definitely definitely and a, a difference with Mackenzie. i can tell she's seen one for sure my like side of the family mm-hmm. i don't really see them too often mm-hmm. okay. uh, but when i see them uh it's i mean it's nice to see them yeah but like i said the reactions were met very differently right mm-hmm. so about a year ago i like i was like talking to my dad i was very i was in a dark place i was very down and now i was going through a lot of things and i talked to bro and the conversation didn't go well, put it to you like that. Oh, okay. And it was met with, okay, well, I just need to come down there and see you then. It's like, nah, my, it's yeah, not, like, like, nah, my boy, I didn't need you to come yeah, down like, here. Yeah, like, that's not the support. Like, I yeah, need... I'm telling you how I'm feeling. Right. In hopes that I get, like, some words of encouragement or maybe some, like, good advice, and that's not what it was met with. What about your mom? So, and then that's the thing. Okay. So, flip side on my mom, I tell my mom, she tells me, that's really good. I'm happy that you're getting that. I'm happy you're that's getting great. that help. I could tell like the bags in your eyes are like, I could tell like around your eyes are a lot darker. So I was, I was kind of getting worried about you. So I'm glad that you're doing that. So two totally different reactions. Right. Right. And that's the dynamic of. That's what, that's like kind of what you would assume would happen. Some people are going to be like, oh, that's so great. That's awesome for you. And then some people are going to be like, uh, why? And that also comes, I feel like from the lack of knowledge of like understanding mental health and like why we need it and why we should focus on it and why it's not something that should be ignored because 
that's how people end up like trying to hurt themselves or feeling like shit and just going down the whole rabbit hole exactly and that's the thing that a lot of like younger people that i've like talked to about like my stuff like they don't understand because they a lot of people still hold on to like the old side of me like the older version of myself yeah that would just like kind of power through his depression and like not Mm -hmm. talk about the shit and like now like i'm very conscious of it i'm very conscious to not drink too much because yeah. it's gonna open up a it's gonna open up some demons or I'm very conscious to not just act erratically or act impulsively and just maybe think things through, think about my actions and how my actions can kind of uh, affect those around me, yeah. how my words can kind of affect those around me because that's not something that I'm really used to think about. I used to yeah. just do and say whatever the fuck I wanted to do. It's almost like listening to your body more too. Like you know, like when your social battery starts dying, you don't stay at the party just because everyone's staying. Like, mm-hmm. like all right, I'm kind of done. I'm right. feeling down. Like I'm not really into it. Like it's just listening to your body overall. Like okay, I'm mad for this reason. Why? Like understanding that okay, I don't have to feel like this. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like for me personally, I can only speak on like what I've gone through. But once I crossed that threshold of like talking about it with family and friends, it became like a power for me. Yeah. Like I became so much more willing to open up about it, not even just for other people, but for myself. Because the more you talk about it, the more it normalizes it within yourself. Like I talk about what I eat every day. I talk about how I drink my coffee every day. Why shouldn't I talk about this other part of me? That is part of me. And if I sit and hide it and feel shame about it, then that's how I'm going to feel about it. But if I talk about it like, I'm proud that that this is part of my life and I'm living with it and I'm dealing with it. I mean... But I'm getting through it. But I'm getting through it. I mean, struggling with mental health is is such a big thing and to to get through it every single day is empowering and something mm-hmm. that everybody should be really really proud and of and not right. feel so little and by themselves exactly you told this to me like two episodes ago and I, i'm always talking about like what you eat and the ingredients trey yeah. likes to make fun of me for it <laughs> but like i'm super into like all that stuff and then yeah. you were like well if you're into all that stuff you should be into like your mental health and take care of your brain too your brain and is the most all, powerful that's so true like you should take care of everything yeah. in your body it tells every other part of your body what to do yes so to neglect how your brain is telling you you're feeling it lets off chemicals for a is reason a, is a right. disservice to yourself right. yeah and i will also say on that same note that just because somebody is in this point of their journey of feeling open and proud about it doesn't mean that you have to be right it's everybody gets there on their own time i just feel like letting go of that shame of of not being able to say what you're struggling with letting go of that is very powerful and and i don't know if you can attest to once you start speaking about it it becomes less of something that this isn't even that big of a deal like we can get through it and everybody's like i hope i also got that (laughs) exactly exactly right and that's like one of the main reasons why i was so excited to come on the mom pod was Mm -hmm. to like actually say like this stuff out loud in the open to however many viewers are going to actually listen to this uh, Mm -hmm. because like i like i'm not I don't live under a rock. Like, I'm not stupid also. Like, I know, like, I'm a pretty well-known guy in the area. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, hopefully, people hearing, like, me talk about, like, my depression and anxiety, what I go through, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and saying it so openly on, like, a platform like your guys' is, it'll make other people think, like, oh, yeah, shit, like, damn, Trey 
like Trey's depressed too. Fuck, I'm depressed too. Like, yeah, I want to talk. Like maybe about it's it. okay. Want, yeah, yeah, it's it's okay. It's a lot more socially acceptable. A lot more people are going through it than you might think. Like Alyssa, like Alyssa was saying, uh, and like I said, that's why I wanted to come on the podcast because now I'm comfortable enough mm. with myself, with my emotions, with mm. my mental health to where I can tell kind of my story about it. Yeah, I can relay that message mm-hmm. to other people yeah. so no yeah and it's, and it's exactly what ali said to your point it's uh it has to be on your own terms mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it has to be on your time you have to feel comfortable because if you do it before you're comfortable it's really gonna fuck with your psyche even more yeah, yeah. in my yeah. in my experience. for sure yeah for or, sure or if you tell like the wrong people because mm, right. that's also been an issue of mine so I, I may i've in the past divulged how i've been feeling or emotions to like the wrong people and it gets shut down or it gets hit with a shut the fuck up or mm-hmm. some shit along those lines to where all right well now i don't want to talk right about now now i don't want to tell anybody i don't want to say anything about this fuck and that's a, yeah that's a testament to also waiting until you're ready because now i'm so secure in that point of where i'm at with my mental health journey that if i told that to somebody and they met me with that it wouldn't affect me at all exactly right and i feel like you got to wait till you're at that point because if you think that someone's reaction is going to affect how you feel about it then you got to hold off mm-hmm. because until you're at the point where you're like i know who i am i know what i'm going through and other people's words can get yeah. in your head and exactly. i feel like also if you tell somebody and it's they react they badly with like poorly you continue tell somebody else tell somebody else that you feel closer with just because that person shut it down doesn't mean everyone's going to right and that tells you kind of exactly the type of person that you're talking says way more about them right exactly right and that's the tough thing for us to really like Mm -hmm. get through our head sometimes is like hey like this person that i've known and i've been rocking with that i love since i don't know how long Mm, and then when they kind of shut you down like that it kind of makes you have that negative self-talk like shit like Am I tripping? Yeah. Like I've known them forever. I know them right. He knows me. He might know me. Yeah. She might know me better than I know myself. Mm. Uh, Maybe they are right. Maybe I am tripping. And then it forces you to go down that rabbit hole of like, well, fuck, like, is this right? Is this Mm. right? Do I matter Mm -hmm. here? Do I matter there? X, Y, and Z. And that anxiety just kicks in and the ball starts rolling. (laughs) They need to Google. Right. (laughs) No matter how secure you are in your journey, that's still going to happen to you. Like, regardless. So I think also like not setting too high of expectations on yourself is a good thing too. So, I mean, that's the motto I fucking live by. Every day is a new day. Since day one. Do your best. Tiny wins. Yes. Tiny tiny wins. wins. So... Yeah, I think that that's why it's very valuable to have you on because you can be a football player and a man and married and have babies and still struggle. And it's okay Mm -hmm. to still struggle and to still feel these things. It's not always just postpartum depression or us as moms feeling this way or thinking about it It happens to guys too. So um, you coming on here is so valuable. And I hope that people that are listening to it really feel something and take something from this. It's not just, it's not a joke. It's not something you mess around with. It's very serious. And it's also very okay to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So we're very grateful that you were willing to come on and, and kind of host this, this conversation because it's important yeah no nah, i'm happy you guys have me this this was like i said this Trey's was like amazing. when can i be on next yeah i'm trying to like <laughs> let me get let me let me book y'all in with my assistant you know i have Period. a virtual assistant there let me book y'all in. hopefully <laughs> next time we have you on we can have a little bit more of a lighthearted right, discussion we, yeah it won't be as heavy <laughs> yeah right we were saying like if we have the four boys on and we leave the room we're like we're gonna have to have trey like be the mediator <laughs> and give trey the guidelines because you're much more i think the, they would do phenomenal <laughs> I think yeah. literally if we gave you guys four 
four mics and you guys all just sat in front of them. <laughs> Even if they didn't talk for a little bit, I swear it would be fucking hilarious. They'd be yeah. like, well, we should probably say something. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would be funny. I wouldn't, I'm just gonna let them do it. Yeah. You're Rock gonna, with you're it. gonna have me come on. Hey guys, this is the Dad <laughs> Podcast. We're back bringing it to you live. <laughs> the radio, the radio voice <laughs> is in check. It's crazy. I need to up my game here. Come on next time. I feel time like I'm listening to 91.1. That just, came from your soul. Yeah, it came from directly from the it soul. Did. It <laughs> came right up. Diaphragm right there. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Trey. This yeah. is important. And um, we appreciate you being on we here. We really appreciate it. Yes. 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 And Thank I would you. say we'll see you later. We'll probably fucking see you tomorrow because we're all attached at we the hip in this literally like so. We're probably going to see each other in a few hours. Yeah. So, so it is what it is at this Seriously. point. Seriously. But um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for um, sticking with us through last week's chaos. Um, there'll probably be more of that shit yeah. in the future. But we love you, Alpha. We love you. Thank you. Thanks for keep listening. Check on your people. Give your boy, yes. give your boy or give your girl a call. Check on, Check your, on people. your people. It never hurts to ask someone, are you good? Yeah. How, so are you how, how you feeling? How you feeling? How you feeling? Check on people. Period. Moral of the story. See you guys next Slurp week. Slurp us out.